Um, what does 2021 bring? Don't know, but we know the Lord knows. We know that he cares. Yeah, I really want us, as we kick into this year as a church, want us to concentrate on Jesus to start with. Felt last year was the year of the word of the Lord, and that's still the case. You know, never going to give up the word, but this is the year of, of Jesus. The year of Jesus. We want to hone in on Jesus to contemplate him, to turn our eyes on Jesus. Um, you know, like when a new baby comes, all you want to do is just want to look at it. And we just want to look at Jesus this year. How marvelous he is. Um, and we want to, first few weeks as a church, we're just going to look at some, uh, some things about Jesus, who Jesus is. And we're going to start with John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, but not only the Samaritan woman, the Samaritan village. And it starts with Jesus um, with this individual, but it has ramifications for the village and even wider than that. Uh, so, Wendy's going to read its 42 verses. Wendy's going to read that for us because she has an amazing reading voice. Thank you, Wendy. Okay, very good. Um, a reading from the uh, New Century Version, uh, John 4, verses 1 to 42. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more followers than John. Although Jesus himself did not baptize people, his followers did. Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard about him, so he left and went back to Galilee. But on the way, he had to go through the country of Samaria. In Samaria, Jesus came to a town called Sychar, which is near the field Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his long trip, so he sat down beside the well. It was about 12 o'clock noon. When a Samaritan woman came to the well to get some water, Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Now this happened while Jesus' followers were in town buying some food. The woman said, I am surprised that you ask me for a drink since you are a Jewish man and I am a, Jew a Samaritan woman. Jewish people are not friends with Samaritans. Jesus said, if only you knew the free gift of God and who it is that is asking you for water, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, where will you get this living water? The well is very deep, and you have nothing to get water with. Are you greater than Jacob, our father, who gave us this well and drank from it himself along with his sons and flocks? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never be thirsty. The water I give will become a spring of water gushing up inside that person, giving him eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will never be thirsty again and will not have to come back here to get more water. Jesus told her, Go get your husband and come back here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, 
you are right to say you have no husband. Really, you have had five husbands, and the man you live with now is not your husband. You told the truth. The woman said, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where people must worship. Jesus said, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when neither in Jerusalem nor on this mountain will you actually worship the Father. You Samaritans worship something you don't understand. We understand what we worship because salvation comes from the Jews. The time is coming when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And that time is all is here already. You see, the Father too is actively seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, and here Messiah is the one called Christ. When the Messiah comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, I am he, I the one talking to you. Just then his followers came back from town and were surprised to see him talking with a woman. But none of them asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to town. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Do you think he might be the Christ? So the people left the town and went to see Jesus. Meanwhile, his followers were begging him, Teacher, eat something. But Jesus answered, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the followers asked themselves, Did, he, did somebody already bring him food? Jesus said, My food is to do what the one who sent me wants me to do and to finish his work. You have a saying, Four months more, t four more months till harvest. But I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields ready for harvest now. Already the one who harvests is being paid and is gathering crops for eternal life. So the one who plants and the one who harvests celebrate at the same time. Here the saying is true one person plants and another harvests. I sent you to harvest a crop that you did not work on. Others did the work, and you get to finish up their work. Many of the Samaritans in that town believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. He told me everything I ever did. When the Samaritans came to Jesus, they begged him to stay with them. So he stayed there two more days. And many more believed because of the things he said. They said to the woman, First, we believed in Jesus because of your speech, but now we believe because we heard him ourselves. We know that this man really is the Savior of the world. May God add his blessing to his wonderful word. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, often with scripture, it's good to, to read the whole thing, to um, see the whole thing. It's like a, like a joke, you just don't want the punchline, but the whole thing, it really helps. 
actually getting the right outcome at times can uh, be an essentially a matter of asking the right question. Essentially the, the thing of asking the right question. For our holiday, we did a big triangle. We went to Taranaki, down to Wellington and back in the car with the whole family. One of the ways we um, um, got through that, that time of how do you spend that amount of time in the car is we had these big family fights. And uh, another way is you play you know, games like uh, 20 questions where you have to find out what the object is by asking questions. And you can only ask questions that you get a yes or no answer. Is it, is it big? Yes. Is it inside the car? No. Um, is it living? No. Is it on the road? Yes. Is it a dead possum on the road? Yes. <laughs> Another example of, of this is when Shara and I were missionaries uh, in Africa. Well, before that, we did our linguistics course. And one of the lecturers, he had been a translator in uh, North Africa. And he was um, translating uh, a tribal group's um, language for the Bible. And they really wanted to know as a team what, what kind of font they were going to use for the scripture translation. And there were two, basically two options. One was a Roman script. 70% of the world's languages are in that, like our one. And there was a, um, the second option was this really cool script, which was basically lines. The whole alphabet was in lines. And so as a, as a group of students, we had to work out which one um, they decided to use. And we had to, he said, tell me what is the most important question. So we bumbled around that for hours, and I think it was, not, it was, it was more than one day. And you know what the most essential question was? Was this. What will the government allow? And they would not allow the really cool one with lines because the government saw that as uh, potentially rebellious because they were... Um, uh, they're very proud of who they were as a tribe, that to have that language, the government were quite fearful of that. So that was a really important question to ask. And in this encounter with Jesus, there is an essential question and some less important ones. There's an essential question and some less important ones. Verse 20, the woman says, we worship on this mountain, it's Mount Gerizim, it's 50k north of Jerusalem. And uh, so when Israel divided into north and southern kingdoms, the northern centre wanted their own worship centre to keep themselves separate from the south. But uh, Jerusalem was the centre, became the centre of Jerusalem of the, uh, the Jewish worship, uh, Judah and Benjamin tribes. And uh, Jerusalem itself is 750 metres high, which is why it said in Scripture, let us go up to Jerusalem, to the mountain of the Lord. So Jesus' reply essentially is this, lady, you, you've got the wrong question. 
That's not the right question to be asking. The where of worship, that is not the most essential question. Where you worship, that is not the most essential question. Where we worship, that's, that's not the essential question. And the Bible, by the way, teaches the importance of both local church and universal church. That, yes, we are to be committed to a particular fellowship, to a particular leadership. We are to give our time and our money and our prayers to a particular group of people, local church, but also, also universal church, the church universal. We're not competitors with our churches, brothers, comrades down the road. In fact, we often pray for them. We pray for them this morning. The Lord would bless them. They, they, they're us as well. The church universal. Those in times gone by and other places, they're us as well. So there's local church and universal church. But the where of worship, is that's not the most essential question. This mountain, that mountain, that's not the most essential question. Now, these days, we often replace that non-essential question with another non-essential question. We, get, we tie ourselves into knots with the how of worship. How should worship be done? In a hired venue or our owner occupier? Should it be with a full band or unplugged? Live or karaoke, instruments, a cappella, leader-led or free-flowing, a big group or a little group, kids in or kids out, with a smoke machine or candles, <laughs> funky big city worship or authentic, old school. <laughs> and the valid questions in each local church, they, they need to answer those, they do, and we can't, we are not to judge the answers they come up with. However, that still is not the most important question about worship. The how-to is not the most important question about worship. What is the most important question in worship? Drum roll. Verse 25, woman says, when the Messiah the rescuer comes. He will explain everything. Verse 26, I, says Jesus, I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you am he. Kamea kiaya, ia e I who speak to you am he. The where to of worship, that's not the most essential question. The how to of worship, that neither is that. It is the who to worship. That is the most essential question. The who to of worship. I am the rescuer, says Jesus. I am the Christ. The one that you've been waiting for. The one that you have been anticipating. I who you speak to right now, am he. And we esteem the Bible. We esteem the Bible, but we don't worship the Bible. We worship Jesus. We worship Jesus. Right at the end of Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 24, 
has this encounter, another encounter with Jesus, with two people on the road. And it says this, that Jesus says this, 24 verse 27. Beginning with Moses, the Pentateuch, and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what the scriptures said about concerning himself. It's all about Jesus, the who of Jesus. The last verse of this passage, this is the King Hit, verse 42, says this, And we know this man really is the saviour of the world. Ko te That's huge. That scope of influence. The saviour of the world. But it just starts with one woman with quite a bit of dysfunction in her life. Did you notice? Five husbands, one after the other. And even now, the woman she's with, that's not even her husband. She had not been lucky in love. Um, that's probably why she was there at midday. We noticed that in Africa. Uh, most people, we had, a well, um, we had a water pump about 20 metres from here, um, from our house to the school there. And... Um, People come to, the, to get their water, mostly two times of a day, early in the morning, late afternoon. But people that were trying to dodge the rest of the town, they'd come at midday. <laughs> and this woman, she comes at midday, trying to dodge the community. And Jesus was able and willing to speak deeply and truthfully and prophetically and lovingly and healingly into her life. You know, Jesus was never afraid to speak to the elephant in the room. We shouldn't be either because he brought healing with it. You know, Jesus would, would often, he'd zone in on someone's, their particular individual sin or need or, or, or big issue in their life. Luke 18, talking to the rich young ruler, Jesus says this, Go and sell everything, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. Jesus didn't say that to everyone. Because that, that guy, that was his issue. He worshipped money. That was not uh, the Samaritan woman's issue. Nicodemus, John 3. Jesus says, you must be born again. Didn't say that to everyone, Jesus. Because uh, Nicodemus was trying to tack on Jesus to all sorts of other religious things going on in his life. Jesus will zone in on the deep things of your soul. And, and it, with her, it had huge ripples. The who, and this is the next thing. The who of Jesus. But the who of Jesus leads to something else. The who of Jesus leads to something else. The who of Jesus leads to the Yahoo of Jesus. Verse 28, leaving the water jar. Hang on. This is why she'd come. She'd come to the well to get water. She, she's there and then she leaves it. But that's what the Yahoo of Jesus does. Things get left to the side. Right there is important. She'd have to go back and get water. She'd have to drink water at some stage. And Jesus would have to eat at some stage. But you know, but water and food, once you understand the Yahoo of Jesus and, and the weeds 
and the mortgage and the rent and the holidays and the sun and the surf, you know, they, they can get left behind when you understand, when you discover, when you're impacted by the Yahoo of Jesus. Verse 29, she runs back to the village. Come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Everything. Could he be the Christ? Could he be the rescuer? The who of Jesus leads to the Yahoo. Other things pale in significance. Water jars get left to the side. The tools and the toys seem less excited and less important. Are you excited? Do you still have the excitement of that, that Yahoo of Jesus? Do you remember when you met Jesus? Do you remember the impact that had on other people that you know, that you knew? Because that hasn't gone away. The Yahoo of Jesus is still around. And I want us to regain that this year. The Yahoo of Jesus blew her little minds. Verse 41, many more in the village became believers. But that is not the end. The scope of influence is bigger than even one little Samaritan village. We know that this man really is the saviour of the world. This is our, what we believe we want for 2021 to really understand the who of Jesus, but also the Yahoo of Jesus. Amen. The who of Jesus and the Yahoo of Jesus. Okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that um, you're not afraid of the elephant in the room, even our elephants hidden deep down in our hearts, those, those little idols or big idols, those, tr- those troubles, temptations, addictions. Lord, you know all that. You're not afraid to speak into it or to heal it and to heal it and to touch it. And I thank you, Lord, that you continue to love us. We want to continue to worship you this year and proclaim your name that can make such a difference in our world, in a world that's rocking and rolling at the moment. But, Lord, we thank you for who you are, the rock. We give this year to you, Jesus. Amen.